Hey everybody, fun fact about the hippie Christian who cares. I'm a Fifth Dimensions fan. Remember the band, the Fifth Dimensions? Um, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. and friends? Yeah, I don't know, something about the Fifth Dimension. Loved them. Anyways, last night I couldn't get to sleep at all. Yep, that song definitely would have been the soundtrack of my evening because my brain was reeling about all kinds of stuff. I'm getting ready to travel for the next six weeks, not continuously, but kind of firefighter style in terms of four days on and three days off. I still will actually work on those days that I'm home, but I will be traveling a ton. It's going to be super fun, but that's not really the point. The point is it's work and there's a lot of work involved and my brain was reeling about that. My brain was reeling about things I needed to get done in my home. My brain was reeling about I don't even have a podcast topic. It was crazy and then Jesus spoke to me in my dream. Not really. There was no audible words. It's not like he showed up in my bedroom and in a vision there was like I said there wasn't even an audible sound of a voice I think it's more like when Christians say they had a word from God you know it's that idea that you know doesn't come from yourself I love making fun of people like myself though who say these things and then you just are like whoa crazy Christian but I think God the Holy Spirit, in fact, does give us a word, particularly when it's it answers a question and calms your heart. And the word from God was actually the word of God. And it comes from Matthew chapter 6, the words of Jesus Christ himself, verse 33 when he says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well so i'm going to put it into context and i know most of my friends and family who listen and i love you all um shout outs potentially later, but let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, I know you're all Christians and if you're listening and you're not welcome, I'm excited. I am Chrissy Baki. I call myself the hippie Christian who cares because I just care to tell you about Jesus and talk about the things that I know, I think I know, I want to know, I want to share. And somewhere along the line, I hope that we all come out better for it. I know it's like absolute therapy every week I do a podcast because God is so good and clearly so good that he gives me an idea in the middle of my insomnia and says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be given to you. And so... It comes from the gospel, which is the New Testament, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, New Testament meaning the new promise, the new promise that God had been promising to the people of Israel, a savior who is Jesus. And in the gospel is where we learn about the life of Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God. And in some Bibles, those words are written in red. And about a year ago, uh, I did a Bible study at my church called the Red Letter Challenge. It was by a Lutheran pastor, Zach Zender. And it was, what if we all did what Jesus said? What if we followed these red letters in the Bible? So this is actually words of Christ. And in Matthew 5, Jesus starts what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. He's on a mountain and he's speaking to huge crowds and he sits down and his disciples came to him and he begins to teach them. And so it starts with lots of red letters and you'll, you'll know some of the like, blessed are those who hunger and blessed are those who are pure in heart and blessed are the peacemakers. Well, he continues to talk and some of the subtitles in my Bible are like salt and light, fulfillment of the law, murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, an eye for an eye, love for enemies, give to the needy. He teaches us how to pray and the Lord's prayer is in there, treasures in heaven. And then the next is do not worry. And I'm going to be really honest. When the verse came to me, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, I remembered that it was Jesus's words, but I did not truly associate it with the do not worry part of Matthew. Jesus is telling us, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith! So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there it was. I'm not able to sleep 
because I'm worrying about packing and printing and what I'm taking for my work and what I'm taking for what I'm going to wear and what am I going to wear and you know I want to look cool for art teachers and oh my gosh what about this outfit and it's Florida so it's going to be warmer and you know but then I come home to Wisconsin and it might be colder that day and so oh my gosh and am I going to get enough done and am I getting enough done at my home and I have Bible study and I have a podcast and I don't even know what I'm going to do for a podcast and then God says shut up Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And I was reminded, that's a big sigh. Did you like that dramatic sigh? <sighs> to pause and, and truly be like, God, you're so right. And I tried to do that on Sunday. Boy, I did not feel very good at all. In fact, I felt so bad that I felt guilty enough that I wore a mask at church because I thought, Chris, you have a cold. You don't feel very good. And there's a lot of elderly people at church, so don't go to church and kill some of the, your favorite humans in the world. So I wore a mask at church, but I needed God so much. I knew taking communion and receiving God's grace in his body and his blood was so important and would be so healing and so freeing. And yet in my sinfulness, I continued to worry and I continued to let all the things that God knows I need bog me down. And so even when that verse came to mind, I still didn't associate it with really worrying. I just knew that trusting in God was the right answer. Like that was, that was the piece that I got when I heard the, ver the verse, not the voice, because there was no voice. Okay. I want to say there was a voice. I wanted to say that it sounded like James Earl Jones. And it was really magnificent. But that would be a big fat lie. It was just my own voice in my own head and that verse coming up because the Holy Spirit knows that I would be bragging that God spoke directly to me. Doesn't really work that way. The Holy Spirit's pretty awesome though. And the peace that came with it made me know that that was Holy Spirit working in my heart and working in my head and connecting me to God and then connecting me to be able to connect with you. Wow. That is like dot to dot. Did you ever do dot to dot? Oh, I kind of loved it and hated it. I loved it because it was fun to see what it created. Hated it because zero curves. Like I hate that. I am not a straight line kind of person. I'm kind of loosey goosey and curvy and like that really wasn't referring to my body, but mm, pretty curvy that way too. <laughs> That's rude. Do not make a big noise. Gosh, I, I wouldn't do that to anybody else. So why would I do it to myself? You guys, we have got to stop that kind of ugly body shaming. There's no need for it. I like who I am and I'm okay. That's all there is to it.
why, why do we teach ourselves those kinds of things? So I apologize to every person out there who has any kind of curves because you're perfect. And Jesus Christ looks down every morning and calls you perfect. So dot to dot, back to that. Come on, Chrissy, get, get it together. I liked it because it did make something and that was fun, but I do love me some curves. Anyways, um, but God is an amazing connector of the dots and he even connects the curves too and makes beautiful things out of all of our brokenness. And so God helps every piece of everything we need. He knows what we need. He knew how to put this podcast together. He knew that my printing would come together even when a mistake was made. And P.S. it was my fault. The mistake was my fault and still made that work. And he will make every single thing work. I did Bible study tonight and was able to, um, sew a pair of pants that I needed for tomorrow. And he made that work. And by the way, they're in my backpack. Oh my gosh. See what I'm talking about? If I didn't do this podcast, I wouldn't have talked about my backpack. I would have never take those pants out. And I'd have been walking around this conference in my underwear. Horrifying. Let's hope that wouldn't happen because I'd be smart enough to find another pair of pants. But anyways, you get my point. God is so smart. So Let's move on to this whole seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Bust in a gut because that whole take the pants out of your backpack. As I'm taking the pants out of the backpack of my Bible study stuff, the thread and needle are there that I brought from home. But the scissors that I clearly stole from church are also in the backpack. Note to self, put the scissors back in the backpack so that on Tuesday when you go back, you can return the scissors. So any church member who's listening, that's my confession. I have a pair of scissors from the kitchen in case somebody says, where'd the scissors go? Just let them know. Chris stole them. Borrowed. Okay, so let's talk about seeking first his kingdom what does that mean? Well, let's not forget that also in chapter six, if you rewind to verse six and beyond, Jesus also says, okay, he didn't say, okay, sorry. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So a lot of question on what does your kingdom come mean? Now I have what I notoriously call the Lutheran Bible. It's the Concordia Self-Study Bible, the new international version. Um, just, you know, um, Lutherans put their stamp of approval on it. And it says in the footnotes, verse 610, your kingdom come, a reference to the future consummation of the kingdom. I also looked up Luther's small catechism and it says the kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, 
but we pray in this position that it may in this petition, not in this position, hopefully you're in a prayerful position, that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace, we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. I like that. I appreciate that. I think that your kingdom come, boy, I feel like it is asking God to come down, but I also feel like earth is God's kingdom. God created it. And while God doesn't dwell in this kingdom, but in his heavenly kingdom, I feel like it originated as a place that God was going to dwell until Adam and Eve wrecked that. So, so there's a part of me that's like, this is all your kingdom, but, but please come be present with us. Bring, bring your kingdom with. I saw something that it says the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. God is the king. When the Bible uses the phrase king of king and lord of lords, it means thy kingdom come. Um, what it means is that God's throne is the highest. I like that a whole, whole lot too. Have zero clue um, what denomination that is, but made sense to me. I don't even know if we can describe God's kingdom, can we? But when we seek his kingdom, we are seeking everything about God. And quite honestly, we're seeking God himself. Because when you are going to a kingdom, you're going to the king's presence, right? So that's what you're searching is God himself. And duh, if you're searching for God before anything else, peace and calm and serenity and joy and comfort and guidance, all those good, good things are going to be the result. So now that we are definitely experts and scholars on what his kingdom come means in seeking his kingdom, we can move on to his righteousness. What is righteousness? What it is, is the perfection of God. It is God's attributes, his attitude, his behavior, his word, and it is pure and holy and perfect. And when we seek righteousness, when we seek God's righteousness, we seek to be like God. We seek to emulate Jesus Christ. And we want to be made right. We want to be holy. We want to be without sin, like God. Tall order for a human can't be done. But we seek that because God tells us to, because Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. 
that is exciting. That righteousness belongs to us through Jesus Christ. Fun fact, there were these youth retreats called happenings and I believe a happening was derived from the Catholic denomination although I know Episcopalians were digging the happenings as well and all were welcome loved that and it was a youth retreat where you would go and they had a slew of adult volunteers and you got to call them by their first name but you had to put like mom or dad in front of it so like you got to talk to like mom peg or dad john or you know mom ethel or hazel or whatever you didn't call them sister or father or whatever but it called them mom and dad because everybody was a family um and Oh, I wish I could remember. And if anybody went on a Catholic happening, you they had like pom-poms, like yarn pom-poms on strings like necklaces. And you could give somebody what you put it around somebody's neck and then just gave them a hug. Just meant that you loved them. But there was a name for it. I can't remember what the name of those necklaces were. It's driving me crazy. Anyways, um, and, you know, you sang like cool um, youth groupy songs. And if anybody who's listening, perhaps Susie, my sister, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Legit an absolute song. And the fun fact that I want to share with you is that my sister played guitar and she actually plays guitar really well. And... So when we went to happenings, I think she went to one and then I went after her. We never went to any together, um, but um, she and another guy, Ed Schultz, started the Christian Fellowship Club at our high school. So cool. Anyway, she played guitar and we would sing and sometimes we would sing songs like this. Um, I was really bad at harmony. We're not going to bring that up because we actually got in a fight over me not being able to sing harmony. I don't sing good, okay? It's embarrassing. You've heard it. I've tried to sing on this and I would sing this, but it's one of those real, like, you know, like you have to have a good voice when you sing. I mean, if it's Jesus loved me, I'd belt it out for you, but this one was hard to sing, so I'm not going to do it. But anyways, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Alleluia. That's what you sang. And it was soft and ballady, and it was kind of lovely. Um, equally as lovely as my commercial. Not even close to that. It was way more lovely. But listen to my commercial, because it just tells you how I did this. Thanks. Now back to this whole righteousness and how we get it. When we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, we do receive it. And in Romans 3, verses 21 through 24, and I'm just going to start at verse 22, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Hooray! Yay, Jesus! And Jesus knew right what he was talking about when he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you because I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die on a cross and pay the price of sin so that you can be pure and holy and without sin because I have redeemed you. Good, good news, right? The next one was 2 Corinthians and it, ugh, I'm trying to get to my Bible Gateway. Have you ever used Bible Gateway? It is the really good website to look up a verse really quick. Um, and I'm cracking up because now that I'm doing it, it is giving me a hard time. Corinthians 5. And I want verse 21. And it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're not righteous on our own. It is through the Holy Spirit, it is through Jesus Christ, God himself, that makes us righteous. And it's because God took Jesus, who had no sin, and allowed Jesus to be sin for our on our account, sin for us, so that in him and through him, we become the righteousness of God. And it says we might become the righteousness of God because we accept, we have to accept that gift. We have to accept the free gift of grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And, and then we have it. It is theirs. It is there for us to have any time in the middle of the night when you can't think because you have so many things going on and yet you know when you seek God, it all comes together. And I believe it. I believe it because there are times where I felt like I just don't have time to do my devotion or I don't have time to read my Bible. And it's a real excuse. You know, that saying the struggle is real. It is. Our struggles are real. We live in a struggle-worthy world that... There's always going to be struggles, but when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, God figures it out for us. He makes it work. And the stuff that slips through the cracks are stuff that doesn't matter anyways, but being blameless before God is going to matter for eternity. Like, oh my gosh, you should see my crazy hand gestures right now. It is like I'm just gesturing hard so that I'm making a point and I'm pointing and waving and just trying to let everyone feel the passion that comes with loving a God who loves us so much that he would die for us and that he would take on every cruddy thing we've ever done. 
wow, what a Jesus we have who loves us so much. I think Jesus telling us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be given to you in the context of worry and busyness and prioritizing is all good stuff too because it is freely given to us. It is Jesus is going to the cross and he knows that he's going to redeem our sins for us and and pay the price for us and when we accept that it is ours for the taking and we become righteous and we then you have found God's kingdom because you are in relationship with God and it is so good it's not earned so it's as we're worrying it's not something that we do you know seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness is like saying hey don't forget about that gift that you have you know you didn't do anything to earn it it is just there waiting for you to open and all the goodness comes out of this beautiful present. So it's not earned, it's given by God. Um, it's not purchased. I mean, it's not, it's not bought. Like we don't purchase it. We don't buy it. It's paid for. Jesus paid the price for us. It's not temporary either. It's not like a Christmas present where it's cool on December 25th, but by, you know, February 14th, not sure why I picked Valentine's Day, but that's because usually you get another gift on Valentine's Day. You know, you don't like it anymore, or you decided to return it, or it broke, or whatever. Nope, this is a gift that lasts forever. Um, anybody see Sandlot when Smalls <laughs> says, forever. Well, that's eternity, right? That is that thing that lasts forever and ever and ever. And it's a good thing. I saw, I did not make that up. I can't take credit for that. I also saw that as I was um, looking up righteousness and God's grace. And I just thought those were absolutely worthy of mentioning. Are you worried about something? Do you have a ton on your plate? Is your to-do list way too long? Are you stressed about anything? Take a minute and seek first God's kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Have a minute and talk to God. Read a devotion. Listen to a devotion. Pray, go to church, do a Bible study, take some meditation time to spend on God. Seek Him first. Let God be your go-to. Sometimes you just need to call that person 
to vent or to share or to get guidance or mentorship, seek God first. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and everything falls into place and these things will be added to you. That gift of grace, that gift of righteousness and God's kingdom will come. His presence will be with you and that, my friends, is a mighty fine gift. Enjoy your day. See you next week.